Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes, season 10. Do you know what that was? <laughs> no. It's a rabbit on a, rabbit on a motorbike. Who's <laughs> <laughs> ears going? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes, season 10, episode 7. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. Um, and not a rabbit on a motorbike, that was just an impression. <laughs> what season are we on now? Season 10. Season 10. Episode 7. And tonight is a Ooh. really, really, really special evening. Is it? Yeah, because tonight we're recording a podcast. We are, yes. And the podcast is about a thing that you're oh, about yes, to it's say. A, it's about a movie, and that movie is called Barbarian. Barbarian, I like the... Um, yes. Uh, like the ZX Spectrum computer game. Oh, was there a, a computer game, was there? Was okay. it, I don't know, something I something I used to consume. It was called Barbarian. Hmm. Was it a computer game? I was searching I the internet. Man looked something up on the internet. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> um, it really like rings a bell with me. That's what Cosimodo said. Ah, <laughs> uh. ah, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's a. It, they got it as a DOS game. They're calling it, but I guess I played it on uh, a Spectrum or something like that. It was an MS DOS game. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Can you hear that? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> that was that was the emulator. Oh, was that barbarian making noises? Ah, let me see if I can make it start, and so I can describe the game because I can't remember anything about it. Oh, it's just a like sideways. Uh, oh, a side-on scroller, a scrolling thing that you where you like stab people. I'm going to turn that off before it makes any more horrible noises on the recording. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Barbarian. That was a game. I don't doesn't look very good, um, but that's probably not what we're talking about this evening. No, it's not. Um, but before we begin, mm-hmm. any anything, any other business? Uh, I don't think I've got any other business. Okay, I've got some brief. Any other business? Uh-huh. Um, so a little while, I think it was last year actually. Um, Ray Liotta died mm-hmm. last year. We talked about him on the pod actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he died in his sleep whilst he was on a film shoot. Um, but this week I finished a show on Apple TV called Blackbird mm-hmm. with Taron Egerton in the lead. Mm-hmm. But, but it featured Ray Liotta in his last TV right. appearance. Um, and every time he was on the screen, I just felt sad. It's like <laughs> he, he's so, so good. Mm. And he was great in everything, but he's terrific in this. And uh, it was just great to see him on screen one last time, really. It was fantastic. Blackbird is a very good show. Um, it's sort of um, Silence of the Lambsy style story of um, this very, well, let's say entitled uh, white guy played by Taron Egerton, who's been, he's a former college football player. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of friends, but he's been dealing drugs and running guns on the side. Okay. He gets a bit cocky and he gets busted. Um, his lawyer tells him, don't worry about it. We'll get you a short sentence. He gets a long sentence, gets 
because they consider him to be cocky and needs, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. needs a lesson. Mm-hmm. So he goes to prison and he does quite well in prison. You know, he makes friends. He's um, building contacts. He then gets, in a parallel story, we see this um, uh, possible serial killer uh, who the police have been investigating and the FBI have been investigating. <clears throat> uh, but there's been an appeal against this serial killer's sentence and they think that they need him to confess to something. Okay. So they go to Taron Edgerton and say, look, right, right, you're, doing right. really, you're doing really well in here. You're quite affable. You're very personable. Mm-hmm. We'd like you to go to this high security prison, which is nothing like this cushy place you're in now, mm-hmm. which is it's full of like the worst people in the mm-hmm, country. Mm-hmm. We want you to befriend this guy and we want you to get a confession out of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's says, the story. And it's based on a, says, based on a real event. Some, stay here and then... Yeah, he does say that. He does say that. And they say, well, if you stay here, if you do it, we'll commute your sentence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you get a confession out of him, then the slate's clean. Mm -hmm. So he agrees to do it. And then the, the, the story is then him befriending this guy who is not an easy guy to befriend, befriend. Right. And essentially having to listen to the things that he did. Right. Which kind of tips him over the edge into almost drives him crazy because he can't tell anyone about it. Right. Um, fantastic show. I mean, harrowing. Right. But performances in it are so good. But anyway, Ray Liotta plays his dad, who's a retired police officer. Right. Um, and the first thing he does, when when Taron Egerton's character gets moved to this other prison, Ray Liotta goes to visit him at the prison. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you shouldn't be here. My cover story is that I don't have any family. Right. <laughs> it's like, why have you come here? And he said, well, I wanted to find out where you were. So, of course, his cover's blown immediately uh-huh. in that respect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so he attracts all kinds of the wrong kind of attention in right. prison. And it's very, very good. It's like nail-biting stuff. Right, yeah, Even though stressful. you know there's probably going to be a decent outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, asking someone to basically open themselves up to all kinds of evil is a tough thing, I think. Mm. Based on true stories. Yeah. Yes, yes. It it's very, me, very good. Remind me at the end to talk about the thing I'm watching that's based on a true story. Okay, I will do that. Um, but that's the, one, that's the thing I wanted to talk about, how, mm-hmm. how great Ray Liotta was. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to give you a, a summary based purely on the title, knowing nothing about yes, it. Yes, please do, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a conversion of the late 80s uh, <laughs> DOS uh, game. Okay. Uh, in which a large, hairy man <laughs> stabs a lot of people with a sword. Right. Uh, it's sort of like Rambo, but it's set in um, uh, in those times where they had swords, you know. Conan era um well or later i think it's i mean conan's obviously mythological but i think it's set uh, in the time of um who's that bloke who like is famous for having killed more people than anyone else oh um i don't know what time period i don't know in the past it's in the past anyway for sure anyway it's set then in the past right um, and he kills a lot of people with a sword. Okay. 
That's it's not that. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. It's not that. Okay. So, um, Barbarian is a 2022 American horror film. Okay. Back in horror territory. Uh, written and directed by Zach Kreger in his solo screenwriting and directorial debut. Okay. Um, and it stars, pardon? I thought I hadn't heard of him. No, I haven't. I've never heard of him before. Okay. Uh, the film stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. So, Bill Skarsgård is one of, I think, three children of Stellan Skarsgård, the Swedish actor. <coughs> and Bill Skarsgård's most famous role to date has probably been playing Pennywise the Dancing Clown in the recent right. film adaptations yes. of Stephen King's It. Which you liked. I really liked, yeah. I liked the first one more than I liked the second one. Right. I, I but I still think because they're I find, solid. I, I just find Stephen King things a bit like, they just sort of miss the mark for me somehow. Yeah, I think that that is a fair, in terms of his adaptations, I think that's fair. Right. <clears throat> I think King works best on the page. Right. Because there's so much narrative going on. Um, uh, but I, I think... The first part of it is very successful. The second part, slightly less so. Right, okay. But that also applies to the book as well. Okay. So I think the first half of it is... Anyway, um, yeah, so that's probably his most famous role. In this, he is not playing a dancing clown. Uh, He's playing a regular... A man runs out of speed on the internet. Runs out of steam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Um, Yeah, so it's... it premiered at San Diego Comic Con last July, twenty twenty two. Oh, really? That's a weird I think must have been a premiere. That must have been a blast to have a premiere of a film. Why did um, it? Why, are Comic Cons that just that big now that they get film premieres? Yeah, like secret. You know, um, well, I get not secret, but only people at Comic Con can go and see this premiere. So, um, wow, and was released. In the US on September the 9th, 2022, by 20th Century Studios, so Disney by mm-hmm. proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was a success, grossing 40, 45 million against a 4.5 million budget, which is a very nice return. Yeah. Although not as much as Avatar, which is now the fourth grossing film of all time. <laughs> Avatar, colon. Avatar, colon. The way, uh, let's do the it way in the road. Avatar, hardering. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar 2 Electric Boogaloo yeah. um, um, Okay, so how and why is? Can we just pause? Yes uh, Why is Avatar making so much money? Like, Is it just because Like They promote it So people go? Or? I guess so I, d- I don't actually think the promotion was all that good For Avatar 2 um, Avatar Harder Colour. I think that it was not great promotion. <clears throat> so, but I think against against all, not I'm going to say odds, but certainly against the type of things like this, where you release a film a long time after the original film, um, it seems to have bucked that trend quite in quite a, well in a huge way. Because even though the first movie was released in 2009, it's obviously still in some kind of cultural reference point. That people want to go and see the sequel. Yeah, I don't understand it. I would never have gone if you hadn't suggested. 
No, I, I know. And um, I just thought, yeah, I think we have to see this. I yeah. think it's, well, maybe it's going to be worth it. No, because the first yeah. one was a bit of a spectacle. By the way, just on a slight and further tangent tangent, um, yes. I saw a clip of Avatar colon, colon, on the, um, on the television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it looked amazing. Like, and I saw it cut between different scenes. Yeah. So, and it looked seamless and didn't have that massive. Yeah. Kachunk that we saw. So I think, um, I think when we eventually get to see this on a Blu-ray or what, or a DVD or something, and it's the same frame rate all the way through, it's going to look a lot better. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And like, maybe it was just the frame rate because it like, you kind of, when you're watching it, you feel like it's the lighting. You feel like everything is different in each cut, but probably it's just the frame rate pulling you out of. I think, I just don't think high frame rate works. I know that. I know that there are problems with 3D and 24 frames per second. Um, but I don't think high frame rate is the solution. Well, if <laughs> really. it was all the same frame rate, that would be different, right? Maybe, yes. Maybe. Well, then it would all look terrible. But well, um, it's well, the fact that it switches between the two. Then it would all look like a computer game cutscene. Yes. But I feel like if you if you weren't getting constantly pulled out of it, that you'd probably quickly stop noticing that and then it would just it would look better because obviously real life is a very high frame rate yes yes that's right but 24 frames is the accepted the lowest frame rate that you can shoot at where it looks like real life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and that's been used in use since what the 1930s i think yeah so i totally understand wanting to update it but it turns yeah. out doing it half and half doesn't work. Cut it. But high frame rate on its own also doesn't work. Right. Because it just looks like a video game. Yeah, but... It looks too smooth. Why, though? Because, like, that we must... Like, in principle, it's got to be better, right? If we... Like, there must be something about the way... Maybe it just lets you see that the animation is a bit too... I think maybe that's what it... It's too smooth. Maybe if they start animating things way more realistically than the high frame rate would be yeah maybe yeah uh but what i noticed when i went i think i talked about this on when we talked about avatar but when i went to see the second hobbit movie oh you said that in high frame it was terrible it just awful that's really bad yeah all right and Uh, tangent over yeah tangent over let's carry on with talking about barbarian um so this is uh actually I'll tell you what what genre this what genre of horror this is before we dive into it. And why I think it's an interesting movie, but it's it's a survival horror movie. Okay. Um so uh there's this woman, she's called Tess Marshall. She arrives at a rental house, so an Airbnb type place in a rundown Detroit neighborhood. Uh and this house is the only house there that's been well maintained. Which is a bit of a, mm-hmm. which is a bit weird. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit is famously mm-hmm. uh, bankrupt, uh, has been bankrupt for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and people just moved away and left the houses mm-hmm. um, to to go to ruin. Um, but when she gets there, she, you know, she unpacks her stuff. She has a shower. Then there's a knock at the door, and there stands. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, 
hi, I'm here for the... Oh, no, sorry. No, she gets there and she finds that, um, like, the key box that's mm-hmm. outside, there's no key in it. Right, right, right. So she tries to ring the Airbnb people and they don't answer. Uh, bangs on the door and eventually Bill Skarsgård answers the door and says, what? And she says, uh, I'm here for the Airbnb. And he says, yeah, yeah, me too. I've rented this place for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So they um, they compare their paperwork and they find that it's been double booked. Right, right, right. She tries to find alternative accommodation and he says, look, I'll sleep on the couch, you take the bed, lock the door, and then we'll sort it out in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he seems, and he even, there's even a, there's even a reference to the fact that he played Pennywise the Dancing Clown because he says, I mean, do I look like a monster? Right, right, right. Which, which the answer is, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, so they do this, and um, she then wakes up to find that he is missing. He's gone out for the day. Uh, she goes for her. She's going for an interview. She goes for the interview. She comes back, and he's missing. Mm-hmm. He's gone. But she finds the um. The, uh yes, she finds the cellar door open. Okay. Uh, now, don't go into a yeah, cellar. So close that door and lock it. Maybe what you yeah. should actually do: close the door, lock it, get your stuff, and go home. Leave, get in your car, and go home. You've done your interview. Maybe phone the police and tell that he's missing. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but she she goes down to this cellar. She then finds a hidden corridor that leads to a room with a camcorder and a stained mattress and a bloody handprint. None of these things are good. <laughs> no. So she thinks, I know what I'll do. I'll hang around here. Yeah, I'll hang around here. Um, but later on, um, so she gets um, she gets stuck in the basement. She has, she's not, um, she hasn't been apprehended or anything, just that the basement door closed. Right, right, right. right. Um, Keith then returns. He hadn't disappeared after all. He'd been mm-hmm. out for the day. Mm-hmm. And he rescues her from the basement. Right. Um, he, She then says, look, there's this corridor down there. There's this room down there. You have to go and look at it. Mm-hmm. And the tension is just rising and rising and rising. He says, <laughs> okay, I'll go and look and I'll come straight back. <laughs> so he goes down there and then we don't see him go down there. We don't mm-hmm. see him look at anything. Mm-hmm. We just see her pacing around upstairs and then he doesn't come back. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she, of course, has to go down there, um, <clears throat> uh, where she finds him uh, crawling along along a corridor, and he says, "We're not alone down here. Something just bit me." And then this, this, um, I'd say, sort of, um, kind of really messed up looking human person comes down the corridor and mm-hmm. kills him. Sort of smashes his head against the wall. Right, right. And kills him. Um, and at the moment, we're in sort of nail-biting tension territory. Like, what mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the film then makes a sharp left turn, <laughs> <laughs> which actually is quite clever because the tension has been ratcheting up so much that at this point, uh, both me and 
it, me and my wife, who we were watching this together, were thinking, I think we might be done with this film now. You know, it's like too much in, right. in the yeah, way yeah, yeah. what it's doing. But it then takes a sharp left turn. It cuts straight to someone driving along a road in California. Okay. And they're on the phone to their agent about the fact that they're about to be dropped from their next project because mm-hmm. they maybe sexually assaulted someone by accident or maybe on purpose, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, oh, well, that, that's his words, not mine, whatever. Um, so he then has a word with his accountant um, because he's got to fight this legal case. And he says, look, what have I got to do? What, what do I need to do? And the accountant says, well, you need to, you need to sell some of your property. At this point, a little light went on in my head thinking, ah, property. <laughs> I wonder whose mm-hmm. house he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you have a house in Detroit that you, you rent? He's like, yeah, 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 I do. Well, I think you should probably get rid of that because, oh, and by the way, I don't want to work for you anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's all this stuff going on with his life. So he okay. flies, flies to Detroit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. turns up at the house, finds the key not there, finds the house full of stuff. Mm-hmm. He phones um, the estate agent and says, "What's going on? This this house is full of stuff. People are people are staying here." Mm-hmm. She knows nothing about it at all. <laughs> she was, so it appears to be that somebody else has been renting this house, right? Yeah, uh, without him knowing about it. So he then goes down into the basement when he finds it open. He finds the hidden corridor. He finds the thing with the camera, mm-hmm. and then he finds Tess right. locked up in a cage, right? who's just telling him to be quiet, basically. Stop talking, be quiet. Mm-hmm. Because she gets angry if you're noisy, so mm-hmm. just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he then also gets locked in a cage by this creature that looks human, but mm-hmm. it looks really messed up, mm-hmm. who's trying to feed him a bottle of milk and treating him like a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just like... Uh, it reminded me at times. This film reminded me very much of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? In terms of how macabre it all is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this film is probably more bloody than Texas Chainsaw, which has only has one scene where there's only and there's a tiny little bit of blood in it. Mm-hmm. It's more bloody than Texas Chainsaw, but it has the same kind of creepy, messed up tone that that film does. It's right. unnerving in right, right, in the way. Right. Um, we then see some backstory for where this creature came from. Okay. Um, and it appears, it does jump, it does jump around, yeah. Oh, it's actually, actually, I'll just wind it back a moment. <clears throat> so there's a bit when Tess gets back from her interview and it's raining really hard and she's already creeped out by stuff. Yeah. She's, she gets out of her car and somebody runs towards the car saying, don't go in the house, don't go in the house. And she just runs for the house, unlocks the door and shuts it. Mm-hmm. But this person will have a role to play later on okay. in the film. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's, let's go back to where we were. Listen, so, the, uh, um, Andy C is, uh, is hand winding backwards and forwards. In yes. Order to, to illustrate. Yes, exactly. I'm doing winding. Yeah. Um, so they're both in cages. And the, this film star director guy who's like really egotistical mm-hmm. just won't be quiet. And they get into some big trouble with that. But she manages to find a way out of the cage mm-hmm. to go and explore further. Okay. And she finds this really old guy in a bed. 
Uh, and then we, then we see some flashback to who he is. So he is some kind of abductor of women who, in the style of, actually, there's been some cases in the last 20 years where a whole, like, two generations of people have been born and kept in a mm. cellar or something, mm. and they never see the light of day, and they've all got the same father kind of mm. thing, and it's mm. all really messed up. It's that that's been going on mm. here. But right. he's really old and infirm, um, and this is his last surviving, uh, probably, grandchild right. that's been his own grandchild, basically. Yeah. Um, and she is just beyond insane, because mm-hmm. she's never known anything else. Mm-hmm. And she looks to all other people who come in as her children. She wants to feed them and nurture mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's completely barking. Mm-hmm. So, and also very dangerous and very strong. Right. So Tess discovers this guy. Um, she sees a whole bunch of videotapes with people's names on them, and she figures out that he is not a nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... He uh, he beckons to the uh, bedside cabinet. Says, you know, he can't speak, but he beckons to it to bring it to him. Mm-hmm. She brings it over to him and turns around, and he takes a gun out of it. And she's like, "Oh my god, no!" And then he shoots himself, which is what he's what he's been wanting to do clearly for years and years. Is just end this torment of where okay. he is, where he's where he is being kept prisoner by right, yeah. one of his own his own children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So then he's dead. Uh, they managed to escape with the help of the guy who I just talked about. Don't yeah. go in the house guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets them out um, and explains, does a bit of basil exposition <laughs> and explains that um, nobody goes near that house. This guy's, you know, uh, very dodgy. Um, but she, the, uh, shall we say the gribbly, let's call her the gribbly mm-hmm. chases them. And right, finds yeah. them. Right, right. And um, they then oh, climb into up. The, into the real world? Into the real world, yeah, right. outside. But okay. there's, hard, there's nobody around in this neighbourhood. Yeah. You know, it's been right. abandoned. Yeah. The only guy that's there is this homeless guy who seems quite friendly but is also a bit unhinged, is maybe that, from being homeless for too long. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they try to escape by climbing up what looks like a water tower. Um in this neighbourhood. They climb to the top of it, but she climbs up after them. And then, in a moment of, like, where you see this film director is just a total coward, Mm -hmm. he throws Tess off the roof on top of this creature. Um, And, uh, but but the creature doesn't die. I thought you meant the film, the director of this film. But you didn't. Okay. Oh no! The the the, the person who is yeah. who owns the, the house. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, the character who owns the house so uh, throws die? her off the roof. Uh, she doesn't die, but the creature is being crushed underneath her, uh-huh. and they get away. But then the creature is still alive, uh-huh. and it it kills him. Uh-huh. And then Tess, uh, when when the creature is is sort of cooing at her and saying saying the words "Be my baby," uh-huh. like the song. Uh-huh. Uh, Tess shoots her, right, and that's where the movie ends. Goes to a straight to black, right, right, right. Um, and I think what I said when this was over was that is one of the most macabre things I've ever seen. Right, it was kind of shocking and powerful, and it left us both in a state of shock. 
But subsequently, we've talked about it and said it was actually really good and very well done and very scary and spooky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, very good indeed. I so, think I think the thing that makes it, it well. work. Say that again. Your wife thought it was good as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that makes it work is that is that sharp left turn. Right. Which. Which, um, if ha- if handled not handled well, wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, but because it diffuses the tension, it's brilliant. Right. It's very clever. So, okay. So this is the question. It's quite early, but uh, yes. What's it all about? What's it all about? Yeah. It's a survival horror movie. Right, but then there's all this this stuff about like abuse, like with the. With the film director and with the the old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's a, so I think it's it's quite interesting that Bill Skarsgård, who's quite well known, doesn't really make it very far into the film. Right. Yeah. And he's probably along with Tess. They're quite righteous characters. They're quite decent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this film director who turns up, who owns the house, is not a nice person. Mm-hmm. But he does kind of help out, but then he doesn't. So what's it all about? Um, is it just wish fulfillment? Is it someone just wants to see the, yeah, the horrible I think old so. man and the horrible film director <laughs> get, get their yeah. comeuppance? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's fair. Very entertaining, though. And is very it, well made. The question in my mind is, is it exploiting the experience of survivors of sexual abuse or is it like hmm. in some way exploring that? I think it might be exploring um, yeah it, it portrays that stuff uh, in quite a graphic way mm-hmm. yeah but I think it is exploitative for sure I think this is a slice of exploitation cinema okay okay yeah which I do enjoy if it's done well. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie is done well. Right. But So you're not using that word to mean that it's... It, the explosive doesn't always mean morally wrong to you then? No. No, no. So during the 70s and possibly 80s as well, there was a whole subgenre of cinema called ex- exploitation cinema. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, falls into that in terms of the fact that it's quite lurid. But surely it was originally called that because people thought that was bad, right? Um, I'm not sure that they did. No, I'm not sure that they did. Okay. No, I just think it's a subgenre that that kind of pushed boundaries of taste mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie definitely pushes some boundaries. Right. Um, but really, yeah, it is exploitative, but I think it's also a really well-made horror movie mm-hmm. that if I was watching it with a group of people would have been a bit of a blast, I think. Right, right, right. Would have right. been fun. Fun to watch with, with a group of people because right, that's interesting. you could talk about what is going on now and, yeah. you know, people getting properly het up about it kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, very enjoyable. It's on Disney+, Plus. should you so wish to watch it. Right. Right, yeah, I've got no chance of the wife watching it, so I don't think... <laughs> right, okay. Um, Fair enough. I'd have to <clears throat> squeeze it in there. But that, yeah. that's possible. 
Yeah, it's good. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Right. But it was fun. Yeah. Bit of a bit of an ordeal at times. Have you watched Housebound? Housebound? No, I haven't. I bring this up from time to time. You should definitely watch Housebound. Is it like Rear Window? Did we talk about this before? No, it's not like Rear no. Window. Okay. I don't want to say anything about it. It's New Zealand and it's horror. That is enough. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I must enough. check this out. Yeah. So I think New Zealand horror can be quite exploitative. Right. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. also, yeah, just weird in a good way. Yes. I think this movie, that is a good point, actually. So I think during the 80s, maybe 70s, there was a there was a, another subgenre called Ozploitation. <laughs> which was low budget Australian horror and exploitation movies, some of right. which are actually really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mad Max falls into into that um bracket because Mad Max is a is a great movie, but mm-hmm. I suppose it is quite like violent and Yeah. A bit lurid at times. But, but yeah, a there's a bit yeah. big budget, wasn't it? Yeah, slightly bigger budget, yeah. Um But yeah, I've seen I've seen a New Zealand horror called Black Sheep. Right, I don't know if I've seen that. Which is uh, which goes to some very dark places. Oh, they're so good, New Zealanders. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching a short film about lemmings. It, uh, it was about these... Oh, basic- Peter Jackson's early horror movies are pretty violent. Yeah, 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 they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brain what? Dead. Brain Dead is and... One of them. Um, what's the other one? What's the other one? Anyway, yeah, the other yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, the other one. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, it was just a short film. It was probably 15 minutes, half an hour long. And it was about like a fictionalized form of lemmings mm. where lemmings were in this were this, um, these little balls of fluff basically that who, who, um, migrate in huge waves and then fall off cliffs, which obviously is like related to what lemmings are like. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a, it was a mockumentary covering some people who, who go along to lie down in front of the lemming migration. To stop them? No, to have them trample over them as like a thrill or something. Oh my, that's so least, weird. I think, I think, it's so long ago, I can't really remember. Um, but yeah, it's just awesome. And that's like, Housebound, or is that something? No, 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 this is just This is a weird, short movie you're talking some about. Some weird short film I saw at some point. Okay. I'll, I'll never find again because I've got no... Information about what it's called or whatever. <laughs> it's probably on YouTube. Probably. Probably. Most things seem to be. Um, but yeah, Housebound. You you specifically should definitely watch Housebound. Yeah. Uh, okay. I shall. I shall hunt this down. Yeah, definitely. Do it. Um. So that's Barbarian. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think listener who might like horror and probably does like horror if they listen to this podcast would really dig it. Right. They either really enjoy it. They either listen because. They need to learn about horror without watching it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or, well, I mean, yeah. They like horror, in which case, yeah. Either way, yeah, we hope you got what you you needed, listener. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. So things, uh, yeah. things uh, to talk about. So yes. number one, um, uh, it's my son's birthday coming up, and we are going to watch the actual Die Hard Two colon Die Harder. Really? Why? Um, 
because um, I think for one birthday we watched Die Hard, so now it's like a tradition or something. But Die Hard is just watch Die Hard. Well, we watched Die Hard. There's nothing wrong with Die Hard too. Colon Die Hard. It's not great though, is it? It's not Die Hard. It's not Die Hard, but but very few films are. Yeah, I like it. Um, So we're going to watch that. That's on currently on Disney Plus at the moment. So. Oh, nice. No cost involved if you've already got Disney Plus. Yeah, I do. Um, I think yeah. all of the diehards are on there. Maybe not right, the third right. one. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I've been watching, which I watched a bit of last night, is Fear the Walking Dead Season 4. I just watched oh. uh, episodes 9, 10, 11. There are 16 episodes in the series. So I was struck a little bit this time. So I'm really enjoying that. I'm really enjoying it. It feels to me like proper Walking Dead. Yep. Where they still kill characters. Yeah, some, yeah. Some significant characters had died yep. in, um, near the beginning of, or the middle of um, season four. And the other characters... Is that the one where Nick dies, season four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a transition series from one cast to a new cast, I yeah. think. Yeah, 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 but it feels like that. And um, and they actually, they've had a couple of those transitions, haven't they? Because... Yeah. Um, although that family has been around through through the whole thing, but yeah. Yes. Um yeah, I think it's really good. It feels like proper Walking Dead, you know, like yeah, yeah. There's there's jeopardy, and yeah, real sense of jeopardy. I think no um, ideas. Lenny James' arrival is like yeah. I love Lenny James. He's really love good. Lenny James, and John Dory, who's played by Garrett Dillahunt, who's the gunslinger. I think he's just a great character. Yeah, so he, he hasn't had that much to do so far. But he's just a very nice. He's a lovely you just character. Know he's that, a lovely you know he's person. Trustworthy, yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so they, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it definitely has jeopardy for The Walking Dead. It's like they're not afraid mm. to kill off characters mm. like they are with the main series, mm, mm, mm. where they seem to keep everybody around. Unbelievable, yeah. Like like we do, I, like we talked about, so I won't go on about it. But yeah, they've got no, like no. thirty characters at the end who are just <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's too unkillable. many. Yeah. Too many. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, Fear is good. I've started season seven because I'm right, ahead. So you're a long way ahead. A long way ahead. Uh, but Lenny James is still in it, so right, right, doesn't right. die. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, that's really good. And the thing that is based-ish on a true story that I, I mentioned I wanted to talk about is yes. um, on ITV. Ah, is that the Stonehouse thing? No. Ah, very surprisingly for me to be watching something on ITV. Is there something else good on ITV? You'll have to tell me about that. I will, but I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's called A Spy Among Friends. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that. It's It's got the word spy and the word friends in the title. Okay. And it's based on someone who really um, defected to Russia after being in the British oh. Secret Services. Okay. So it's very much a kind of smiley style. Is it spy set thing. in the past? Yeah, it's set in. Um, I think the fifties. Is it? Is it about um, a guy called Guy Burgess? I think so. Yeah, because that's quite a famous. Right. Yeah, I've heard uh, the name case. Guy Burgess yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, um, he defected, but he he was very high up, and he knew a lot of stuff, and he deflect defected. Yeah. Yeah, and he is pa- he is played by Guy. Pierce, um, Pierce, yeah, and the the other the main character is Damien. 
Lewis, is it called? Yes. Yeah. Damien Lewis, yeah. Um, yeah. and then that's a couple the, of good actors yeah. they're amazing and then yeah. the, his main antagonist is a lady f- who works for MI5 uh, who's northern and uh, so just everything that they're not right they're two posh boys yeah. who, um, who, are, who are very much sort of in the in the SIS club kind of thing and then she's from MI5 so she's already like lower class but then she just she's great. also they're just great with each other all yeah. the time. <laughs> She's, um, and, and he just, he, it takes him a while to take her seriously, but she, um, <coughs> she's so formidable that it, that it quickly becomes apparent he can't just brush her off. Right. Cause she's, she's interrogating him basically and trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really intriguing. Damien Lewis is just brilliant. Guy yeah. He's so good. good. He doesn't, so far, doesn't quite have so much to do. He just, Looks a bit mournful, but Damien Lewis is great, and I like. I think he's better in some things than others. Like, I didn't think he was that great in Homeland, but he's been in a load of. Um... He was up and down in Homeland. Right, right. I didn't watch that much of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, have you watched any of the Stephen Polyakov films? Yes. So, so yeah. in some of them, Damien Lewis is just amazing. So he was fantastic he's... in Band of Brothers. Right, I haven't seen Band of Brothers. That's, he's that the, is missing from my list of things. He's the platoon totally commander in Band of Brothers. Right, right, right. He's really, really good. I need to watch Band yeah. of Brothers. That's, that it's so gap. good. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, I would highly recommend A Spy Among Friends. And um, it is that thing that ITV do, where sometimes they come out with these excellent dramas, which I always feel snobby about them and think they're going to do, do them yeah. in a kind of um, too sort of unsubtle way but this is very subtle very intelligent and uh and it's it's a slow pace um but but just right pace um, so they are investing a lot in original drama at the moment itv um that's one of them much respect Um, to them uh there's another there's another show at the moment called maternal okay uh which is getting good reviews that's on itv and they did a, a drama about Alexander Litvinenko, who was murdered in London mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. radiation, polonium-220. Yeah. Uh, a drama about him with David Tennant playing Litvinenko, which is good right. casting because he looks right. a lot like him. Okay. Um, so they're, they're investing a lot of money in original drama, which is great. Mm-hmm. Because why not? You know, yeah. it's, um, you can't just let the BBC as a terrestrial broadcaster, loot do do that all the time. Other people can do it as well. Yeah. And I, I think these days it's it's a big thing, isn't it? The way the T V channels advertise themselves, even if even if you you, you don't you know, the vast majority of your T V watching time is not watching one of these big dramas. Yeah. The the brand, if you have if you have the big posters at the station with the the serious looking characters looking out at you from their, their serious drama. It's like yeah. very good for the brand, isn't it? Yes. Very good. Yeah. So the other thing that's on ITV that was on ITV, I think it was over Christmas actually, was a drama called Stonehouse, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a drama all about an MP. There was some scandal to do with, just going to look up what the scandal was. Oh, that rings a bell. Um, so that was also on ITV. Right. Also had, I think Matthew McFadden's in it. British Labour and Cooperative Party politician. Uh, oh yes, 
He's remembered for his unsuccessful attempt at faking his own death. <laughs> That's right. It's also alleged that he'd been an agent for the Czech, so- Czech Socialist Republic military intelligence. Okay. So, but that's that's the thing that is famous, is that he tried to fake his own death. Right. So that's what the drama is all about. Hmm. Um, and in a, in a kind of uh, Reggie Perrin yeah. style thing, a pile of clothes was left on a beach in Miami right. to make it appear he'd gone swimming and drowned. Right. Uh, Obituaries were... Were published. In reality, he was en route to Australia, hoping to set up a new life with his mistress. I mean, <laughs> that is just classic narcissist behaviour, isn't it? It's like make I can it just up. get away with this because everybody else is an idiot. <laughs> but of course, he didn't Reggie get Perrin away with it. it from. Reggie Perrin was great. Oh, I love Reggie Perrin. Yeah. I wonder whether it stands up. I bet it does. I bet it does. Yeah, because the writing was very strong. It's so, it's so dark. I know, dark and, but also it's got real pathos about it, hasn't it? Yeah. Kind of, it's just brilliant. I mean, Leonard Rossiter was an amazing performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his, uh, uh, the episodes that I've seen of, I can't actually watch that show he did, Rising Damp, that sitcom. Oh, yeah. Because it's painful, painful to watch. It's really painful. But he's so good in that. That's, it's so That's classic Rigsby. British comedy, isn't it? That it's like yeah, it, everything like The Office. It just everything walks the line between <laughs> can I can I watch this or yeah, is that's it too right. painful. It's too much because he's such an odious person. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just so drab and depressing. The whole thing yeah. is just like oh. it really is. Whoops. Yeah, drab and depressing is right. The the walk in Reggie Perrin, the walk to work. Yes. Walking past the car park on his way into the office. Oh, it's just like... But but you can see that a lot of people would have related to that walk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who who goes to work has days where it feels like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't work in an office... But there are days when I trudge up the stairs to go to the office in yeah. in my house. Yeah, I yeah. struggled today. <sighs> Never mind. No. You have some days. Oh, everyone has days. As the stranger says in The Big Lebowski, sometimes you eat the bar, sometimes the bar eats you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything, any plugging? Anything else you've been watching? Um, ah, no, no, let me think. Uh, what have we been watching? Oh, yes, we've been, oh, still watching his dark materials. Oh, I'm really looking forward to watching So we're not that. updated, not, not up to date with that. We, we haven't even started, but it it's very so good. good. The last very one good. was so good. Um, drama wise, oh, we started watching a new show called Everyone Else Burns, which is on Channel 4. Okay. Which is about this... It stars one of the actors from The Inbetweeners. Mm-hmm. Um, the slightly geeky one from the... Have you ever watched The Inbetweeners? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the yeah. amount of that. Okay. Uh, so the slightly geeky one with glasses. Mm-hmm. can't remember the actor's name, but he's, he's also one of the show's creators. But yeah, he mm-hmm. is the father in this family of um, 
fundamentalist Christians who believe in the rapture. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called Everyone Else Burns. <laughs> um, so he's always leading them, uh, waking them up at, at midnight to say, come on, we're having a drill for the rapture. We're going to go up on the hill and <laughs> this kind of thing. Um, and it, and it's, it's centered around uh, this teenage girl who is the daughter, mm-hmm. who is just trying to live a normal life with all right, this right, stuff right. going on around right, her. Right. It's very funny, well observed. Right. What's it called? Um, uh, everyone else yeah, burns. Everyone else burns. It's on Channel Four. That sounds really good. It's really good. It's quite a surprise um, because I thought about the subject matter and I thought, is that funny? But mm-hmm. it. But they managed to make it funny. But also, you have some sympathy for her, mm-hmm. um, for her plight. Yeah, I read last night that there is a company in America, obviously in America, obviously of, of atheists who offer a pet care service. Okay. Um, and they're guaranteed all atheists so that when you're <laughs> taken up in the rapture, they will still be around to look after your pets. Oh, okay. I'm not really sure what to make of that. <laughs> I mean, only in America, I suppose. Amazing, amazing. That's Amazing. Amazing. So presumably they're popular with the uh, the folks who are burning fossil fuels like there's no tomorrow to hasten the hasten the rapture. Right. right. <laughs> Hand the pets the over to the atheists and you're all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But again, only in America. Yeah. Oh, Hope- actually. Hopefully. I don't know why I just thought of that, but some sad news lately. Oh. Don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Victor Lewis Smith. Name rings a vague bell. Yeah, so he he used to curate a column in Private Eye <laughs> called Funny Old World. Ah, yeah. Where he would that. he would compile stories, strange stories from around the world of, you know, people eating strange food or not mm-hmm. pooing for months and all, all this kind of thing. <laughs> that that kind of thing. But he was he was prior to doing actually he's probably curated that column for years and years, but in addition to that, he was a TV and radio producer mm-hmm. and quite a character um, in that uh, one time there was a show on Channel 4 years ago called After Dark, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Late night that. talk show that was a, not very good. Yeah, yeah. But you could one, say I think, because no one was watching. Exactly, yeah. So there was one particular episode where Oliver Reed was on, uh-huh. <clears throat> very drunk and starting to insult people. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And Victor Lewis Smith was in his house with his friend, and his friend said to him, this is disgusting, they should take this off the air. So Victor Lewis Smith picks up the phone, he phones Channel 4, and he was quite a posh guy, and he's very good at putting on voices. He phones Channel 4, and he says, uh, yes, I'm Michael Grade, who was then the controller of Channel 4. Right, right, I'm Michael right. Grade's assistant. Can you take that show off the air immediately, please? <laughs> And of course, they're like, oh, yes, of course. So they took it off the air for like 10 minutes before they realized they'd been hoaxed. <laughs> so he would do things like that. But he also did um, some clip shows during the 90s uh, inside Victor Lewis Smith. There was one called TV Awful. Mm-hmm. 
uh, where he would just compile clips of like the worst programs you've ever seen and then talk over, do a voiceover of what a load of what rubbish it is. Uh, and I love those shows back mm. in the day because it's just mm. fantastic. But yeah, he died recently, mm. uh, which is really sad because, mm. um, there weren't, there aren't too many people like him in the world, <laughs> really. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, he, there's a CD of his prank phone calls called right. Tested. What's it called? Tested on humans for irritancy. <laughs> um, and some of those are very good. There's one where he phones up Harrods. Uh, saying that, uh, <laughs> saying that vacuum cleaner they sold him is no good for getting the dust off sausages. And I'll let you figure out what he means by that. <laughs> and he has a long conversation with the person on the other end of the phone <laughs> in which she's saying, well, it's not made for that kind of thing. He says, well, yes, but you know, you, you said it would be, it would be fantastic and it's not. So <laughs> what are you going to do about it? It's that, that kind of thing. So. I think I miss him quite a lot. Right, right. Because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a bit of late any other business. <laughs> Death news. Yep. Dead news. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Uh, sorry, that was my glass. I can't think what else we've been watching apart from that. I re- that's, lots of that's reality lots. TV. That's lots. Uh, actually, my wife has been enjoying a show called The Traitors. Oh, yeah. I really uh, which I, I've i also enjoyed as well. Several people have said, told us to watch it. We watched, we must have lasted five minutes. <laughs> and I just, I just you felt so it. sad. I just, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. Fair enough. I don't find, I don't find people being horrible at all entertaining. Oh, that's fair. I didn't used horrible. to enjoy um, Big Brother for that reason. I, I quite enjoyed the first series of Big Brother because it was a bit edgy. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't explosive in the same way. And people didn't know what to think, or, or not. Sorry, people who were in it yeah. hadn't figured out what it was yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They were they were normal people. Also, yeah. So it part partly they hadn't figured out how to play the game, but also. They, it became more and more like a freak show. Like they picked people who were yeah. just uh, not coping well with life, and then just exhibited them on TV, and that felt really. It was wrong. exploitative. That's an example of exploitative well, TV. Actually, exploitative. Yeah. Yes. Um, so in the first series, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, I think that became the case with the celebrity ones, mm. where they put you know people who just shouldn't have been there. Frankly, mm. yeah. Uh, although my abiding memory of the celebrity ones was turning over to Channel 4 and seeing George Galloway, the yeah. so-called politician, in a leotard, yeah. <clears throat> um, pretending to be a cat, yeah. talking to, I think, um, Eunice Stubbs, saying, can I be the cat? And Eunice Stubbs stroking his head saying, what a lovely pussycat you are. And I just turned it over right there. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, the amount of people that I've spoken to about that scene are like, yeah, I saw that too. And it was, it was insane. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not very good. Not no. very good. Not good. So I have one like slight uh, secret that I can share with the listener. Oh, okay. Um, 
So, uh, as listener may know, I from time to time release new games um, on my website. It's called Small Pixel. Yes, and there, there, there's a new game which is in development. It's in a, like a, it's in a kind of a private beta at the moment. It's ba- I basically shared it with some friends and family. Yeah, um, and it will it'll be becoming public soon. But listener is the first public person to hear about it. Ah, um, if you go to box stacker dot artificialworlds.net that's box dash stacker dot artificialworlds.net you can find this game box stacker not very imaginative name but surprisingly fun um and actually not that tetris well so you have these blocks that you use to build like creations and then you have Ah. missions that you have to complete like get the ball into the hole or um you know get the get the box to go up high or, you know, or whatever. And you have to kind of build contraptions out of these Tetris blocks. Yeah. Um, and it's surprisingly fun. I actually think, um, uh, you know, it's it's probably the best game or the most most likely to be popular with, like, millions of commuters game that I've ever right. released. I mean, um, Rabbit Escape was popular. It, well, it had a, it had a, s- several hardcore fans. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't call <laughs> yeah. it popular, right? Yeah, um, but you think Box Stacker could be the thing it, that it uh, could be. I mean, I don't think, makes I don't you think. famous. Obviously, it's one in a million, but um, it's a yeah. fun enough game. So, uh, me and a few other people have been playing the levels. So that, that address that I gave is the address of the forum where you um, you post new levels that you've created, and then people post uh, the solutions they've found and stuff like that, right? Um, the actual game comes with like thirty levels included. So if okay. You to, if you go to box dash stacker dot artificial worlds dot net slash game, box stacker, yeah. If you go to, to box stacker dot artificial worlds dot net slash game, then uh, that's just the game, and you don't see all the all the new levels people have created and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but in, yeah, that just includes thirty levels. But then something like one hundred fifty to two hundred more levels have been created by people enjoying. Playing the playing the game and sharing their, their new levels with each other. Mm. Um, so, for, at least for some of us, there's like three or four of us there uh, enjoying that game, playing, sending levels to each other, really enjoying it. Um, we're finding it really quite a fun game. Um, so, I'm hopefully going to release it to um, the general public soon. I might make a couple of fixes to it. Maybe what I'll probably do is take some of those levels that we've created and, and incorporate them into the main game. Right. Um, and then uh, release it, um, but yeah, it's it's surprisingly fun. It's a very simple idea. You just build these kind of shapes with these with these these blocks, and then you press play, and then like the physics engine runs, and they you know things fall over and bounce on top of each other and stuff, and then you that sounds like fun. It is. Fun. I must I must not play this because I'll get addicted to it, but I <laughs> but I also want to play it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I got so, hooked yeah. on Rabbit Escape for a while. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, there's only 30 levels in the main game, but the right. last few are, like, really hard. Okay. Although okay. not as hard as some of the... So we've 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 established different difficulty levels for the created levels. So we're calling them easy, medium, and hard, which you, which is, you also get in the main game. But then yeah. there's, there's about four or five levels that we've rated as extreme. Right. And they are really hard. Okay. So, you know, enter mm. your peril. Okay. I shall do this, maybe. Cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Um, but I would definitely and, spread the word. And oh, thank yeah. you. And it's the kind of thing where um, you can just, like, have a go at a level. It only takes you five minutes or something. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the final announcement for this episode, I'd just like to apologise to listener for the unbelievable amounts of background noise coming from my microphone. Oh, <laughs> like, really? At one point, someone appeared to be um, jumping up and down the stairs over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, that'd be interesting to hear. Then there's the usual aeroplanes. Yeah, the cars. Um, you know, I didn't actually drop a pencil yet, but I have been kicking <laughs> my pen. Uh, someone was making. I did see a, you chewing the end of your pen earlier on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone was making like a squeaky voice outside the door earlier on. So you know, I, I apologise <laughs> for all those things. What's going on? <laughs> it's just you living in a survival know. horror. <laughs> People jumping up and down the stairs, making squeaky voices. I don't know. I mean, We're coming is... to touch. They're in, they're in the fruit cellar. <laughs> this is what you get. Um, it's That's a podcast. it. It's a podcast. It has it's a podcast that we do in our house. We're not in a studio, so therefore we just have to put up with it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, that's it. That's all I've got. That's it. We've we've run down. Yep. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot for telling Thank you. us that about was good fun. Barbarian. Yeah. You're welcome. More See horror next time. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Not just the background noises from my head. No, indeed. More horror. Yeah. Cool. See you next time. Bye. Okay. Bye bye.